0: Welcome to the High Performance Mindset Podcast. This is your host, Dr. Sandra Kampoff, and I'm excited today that you are here, ready to listen to episode 271 with Joe Trodden. Now, if you know that mindset is essential to your success, then this is the podcast for you. Each week, we explore various topics related to mindset to really help you be your best self more often. And today, I had the privilege of interviewing Joe Trodden. Now, Joe has been a mindset coach in the UK for nine years, with a specific focus on entrepreneurs for the last five years, working with around 300 across all sectors. and They come to Joe to work on the next level of their strategy growth and to develop their mindset to become the most effective entrepreneurial leaders that they can be. Now Joe believes that mindset is the single biggest factor in success for entrepreneurs and the journey is incredibly difficult especially at the early stages and there's often a tipping point at which the business will reach its full potential but for that to happen the leader can accelerate their own development as we discussed in this episode the brain employs subconscious processes which have to be surfaced if an entrepreneur is to become the best version of themselves now Joe's work is is about linking the neuroscience of mindset development to really practical strategies that enable entrepreneurs to work through defining stages of leveling themselves up. In this episode, Joe and I talk about the mindset barriers of entrepreneurs, how to understand your superpowers and your kryptonite and why that's really important. The top question to ask yourself when you experience fear four powerful reflection questions to ask yourself each week at the end of the week. And at the end of the interview, we talk about how to label your emotions and why that's really important to process it. Now, whether you're an entrepreneur or not, I don't think it really matters because you'll see in this episode that the mindset practices that we talk about can be used in all areas in, in your life. And my favorite part of this interview, um, I really enjoy talking to Joe about the, the superpowers in kryptonite um, I enjoyed talking to him about the subconscious processes um, that we talk about related to the amygdala. But my favorite part was the reflection questions that he asks us to think about at the end, um, towards the end of the interview. And here are a few of them um, that I thought were really powerful um, that I am gonna use at the end of my week this week. So he said to ask yourself, what do I need to let go of? What do I need to forgive myself for? And where have I succeeded this week? All right. make. And an outstanding week, my friends. Without further ado, let's bring on Joe. Welcome to the High Performance Mindset. I am stoked today to be joined by Joe Trotten so from the UK. So great to see you today, Joe. How are you doing?
1: I'm awesome. Thanks, Sindra. Thanks very much for having me on.
0: I'm looking forward to talking with you about mindset today, Joe. So uh, just to give us a little bit of background just so people can kind of understand where you're coming from. Tell us a little bit about your passion and what you're doing right now.
1: Okay. So um, very briefly, I'd always had an interest in people's minds. You know, I did a bit of a a, a career straight from university, like an IT job. Uh, I don't know quite why, but I always had this sort of drawn towards people's minds. So I've been steering towards mindset ever since really from leaving the sort of the IT job and a psychology degree I went and worked with, in mental health. I went and worked with uh, young people, but tend be people with um, rather severe problems at times. And mm-hmm. I just kept getting pulled towards those who want to find that next level, you know, people who really want to, to go up. And uh, I started my own business. I got involved in social enterprise, but because I'm so interested in change, the big area to change is in business. I mean, it's business that drives everything. And then the more I worked in that, the more fascinated I was with this link between mindset and business. Okay. And
0: that,
1: that's really what was driving success. So all of this kind of strange, when you look back on it, it looks like it was a connected, intentional thing, but not really. Do you know, it's when you look back, you think it's intentional. Um, but right. that's, that's what drives my interest in mindset. The, the power that it has for people to essentially change the world.
0: Yes, and and I like what you said about like it comes down to business, you know. So tell us a little bit about why you chose to focus on entrepreneurs and uh, with your company, mindset experts.
1: Because I'm interested in people who create impact, and I think entrepreneurs are uniquely positioned to do that. So the space that I work in is the guys who are. Through their startup phase, although that could mean many things, but through their startup phase in terms of if they've got a product or service out there, they've probably got a, uh, an operational team, they've had a first round of investment, and now they're going, what am I supposed to do? You know, how am, I, how am I supposed to do anything beyond this? Because it's all chaos to start with, but then you really need to understand who you are, how you're going to run this, how you're going to lead, how you're going to delegate, what your strategic plan looks like. So that space to me is really exciting because it's a time of huge change. And it's very, okay, many business points are critical, right? But it is a very critical business point to try and transition through. And um, So that's why that group really excites me in particular.
0: Absolutely. And I know you believe that mindset is like one of the most important factors in your success, just being an entrepreneur. And I agree, agree with that, being an entrepreneur myself. Um, and I'm sure you, you, know, you, you see that, just how that plays out in your world and in, you know, in your business. But tell us why you think it's so important.
1: Because you've, you've got to know yourself. It's like when we talk about the reason that I do strategy and mindset for entrepreneurs is because you can't have one without the other. So if we do the, the strategy, but we don't know the mindset, the chances of them being able to execute on that are really slim. And likewise, if you do mindset without having a context, like a strategy, that's really hard as well. But if you look at the way that um, I talk about it, there are many ways that you can create a strategy in your business. But it has to be, it's not how can it be done, it's how can you do it? You know, when when an entrepreneur is sitting there, it's like, how can I do that? So you get people that are not great at networking, for example. So you'll have to work out some other way to, you know, use a business channel to do that. When people are communicating, they need to think about how am I communicating? How can I be more effective in this team? What are my natural preferences? What are my blind spots? Like All of these things combine to your leadership, your strategic approach to business, even the development of your product, depend on what that actually is. So all of that feeds in. This is why I think it's just so, so important to understand yourself.
0: Yeah, awesome. So self-awareness is really, I think, the key of building a business as an entrepreneur. Um, I'd agree with that. Um, so tell us a little bit about Joe. So one of the questions I always ask everybody on the podcast is about a time that they failed and what they learned from it. And the reason I think it's important to ask it right away before we kind of dive into some of these ideas you have is, is because, you know, I think sometimes it's like we got to make sure that we're real and, and we, we failed as well, right? So we might be, um, you know, the CEO of, of a business but and help other people, but, you know, there's times where it hasn't gone great for us as well. So tell us about a time that you failed and what you learned from it. Uh,
1: today. What's <laughs> <laughs> today? <laughs> yeah. You know, today's yesterday, the day before. Uh, no, it, does, it, it happens a lot. I think, um, so what my first business was a social enterprise that um, was designed to help young people to get into employment. It was a shop, you know, to give them experience um, and it just kind of petered out to um, to nothing really. I mean, what, what I'd learned from that was, and, and it ran and it got people, uh, young people into jobs and stuff like there were some good things in there, but ultimately I wasn't thinking about that enough as a business at the time. Um, I wasn't really thinking about pushing income streams. I wasn't, it wasn't, um, I guess it just wasn't being run in the right way. You know, people still won from it, but it just wasn't what I hoped it would be. And so I closed that and then went on to um, work for this great company, Entrepreneurial Spark. I mean, I have to say it was like moving on from that. The next chapter was really exciting as well. So it was, it was something that I just let go. One of the things that was about that was almost at the time when it was time to let it go, uh, what was hard was then people sort of going, oh, you know, is that, oh, it's not worked out. It's not, you know, that, that kind of the right. sympathy thing at that point. And it just makes, it doesn't make you feel good, you know, when yeah. people are giving you that, oh, have you failed at that thing? You know, rather than the, and it's, I, I can assure you, I, I can imagine it's worse in the UK than it is in America around you know, the, the the failure here is really, uh, it's almost like you get one shot, you know. You've got one shot and you didn't make it, so that's your turnover. And now, you know, now you can go to the back of the queue and start again. I don't know what it's like over there, but failure is a big thing here. There's loads of them, you know, there's loads of things around. I burned a lot of money on marketing um, in my business when it was I really didn't need to do that. Um, loads of things that I learned from that too around how I should have communicated better, how I was really impatient in terms of my mindset. And I was just like, the more money I throw at this, the faster we'll solve it. You mm. know, that not that's not the right thing to do. A, f- a final one, just a, a very quick one as well about being in a meeting and going off track. You know, I was in a meeting with a client and it's quite a big deal and it's going off track. And then I I try and force that as well. You know, I just try to go, oh, right, how can I give you value then? You know, this thing isn't working, so how can I give you value? And reflecting on it, it was like you should have just trusted the process. What was agreed up front, let's go with the process and see what comes out the end of it, because otherwise you end up in a bit of a mess. But it's the reflection on all of these things that just helped me to, it helps me to learn, but I mean, of, of course, I still feel even, you know, I'm a, a mindset guy, right? And I, I work with it every day, but there's still times where I walk out of a situation going, "Ah, oh, Joe, what did you just do there, you know? So it happens all the time.
0: Well, and I think, Joe, like mindset is a practice and kind of what I mean by that, it's not something we're really born with and it's not like something we can do today, but not tomorrow, right? Really practice, yeah. you know, this, this idea of the high performance mindset, I, and I, f- I find the same way as, like, I get my own way, even though I know all these principles, right? <laughs> so, <laughs> you know? uh, but what do you see, like, especially with entrepreneurs, what do you see as kind of the common um, mindset roadblocks? And then, you know, what are the ways that you would help somebody overcome them?
1: So this is um, this is interesting in terms of what fascinates me is those the different types like you know that people people are different right everybody knows that but you just the more you work with them as a coach and you'll have experiences too no doubt you know just how different people are you mm-hmm. know in terms of what they really can't see you know you're standing looking at a situation from the outside going do you know that you're doing this you know and they just don't. Um, so a couple of things that in the early stages of entrepreneurship, if you've got uh, listeners out there that are, you know, got, I've got an idea and I want to go through with it, being able to handle like the rejection and the chaos at the start is, is hard because nobody cares what you're doing, you know. I mean, I I don't mean that, you know, they don't though, right? You know, when you come out there, you think, hey, this is my world-beating idea. I was talking to somebody else and saying you could have a cure for somebody's broken arm and you take it to them and they go, no, I'm fine. My broken arm's fine. You know, I don't need anything. Like it's so hard to get attention and it's so hard to get your model right and you're so in love with it. So in terms of a mindset in the early stages, being able to detach yourself uh, from your idea is hugely powerful and not being obsessed with your plan you know being adaptable is so important but moving moving through the stages of entrepreneurship the guys who are super adaptable at the start they actually get in their own way a lot when they get to the stage i deal with them because it's at that point that you do actually need more structure more of a strategy more of a plan and if you've got a team there you can't continue just going well we'll do that opportunity this is what we're doing today we'll take that because then they don't know what's going on either. So the types of things that I, I help them with at that point are really understanding what their leadership style is. Okay. You know, some people are supernatural with, not supernatural, very natural. <laughs> supernatural. Super very natural with uh, with people. You know, and the it's about then how do you leverage that? You know, how do you leverage your relationships? It's like one I work with who, whenever they've got a problem, the first thing, way to think about that is how do I people my way out of that problem Hmm. how do I bring somebody in or how do I make that a development opportunity for a staff member like that's just naturally how they do that so they can use that strength as part of the way that they develop their culture and their organization and that isn't the same for everybody you know there yes you've got a team that's there but you could take somebody else who is incredibly uh, driven and single-minded so you could look at I've got I've got entrepreneurs that they have a, a Steve Jobs type approach where they are like so driven and they will take people and not quite just burn them, but do you know what I mean? Like they're so single-minded that sure. it's got to be their way or the highway, which is very different to that people-person orientated leader. So then it's about, okay, do you want to change that? Because if you don't, you're going to burn through all these people and maybe get a bit of a reputation. But if you don't, How do we structure your relationships so that that isn't a surprise to the people you work with? Do you know? So how do you set this up front? How do you maintain your communication channels? How do you make sure that if things are going off track, you can pull it back in? Because that is part of their mindset. And I'm not saying either one of them is right or wrong. It's mm -hmm. about how do you leverage what you've got effectively?
0: Right. And I think about how one of the things you help people do is better understand that like their superpowers and their kryptonite, right? So I'd love to hear what you think about what do you mean by superpowers and kryptonite? Maybe what you're talking about right now is kind of like a superpower. If you're really relationship driven and you have this leadership style, that could be your superpower. So um, Joe, tell us a bit about those two ideas. What do you mean by superpower and kryptonite?
1: Cool. So, if you look at it, you're spot on as well because it is one of the people th- um, power is one of the superpowers that this uh, one of my entrepreneurs has got in terms of they've just got this magic connection. Like when they go in the room and they can just like glide around it, and people want to talk to them, they are they're just magnetic. Like I, I don't have that right, so I'm not the world's greatest networker. In fact, <laughs> in fact, I'm definitely in the bottom five percent. I think because I am like I'm quite functional. Do you know I'm super. What's the problem? So when we meet at a networking event, I'm going. Well, what's the, how do we help each other? What's the problem? Not in a user way, but just in that kind of what's the functional purpose of all of this? Um, but this like that is a superpower. It just it opens so many doors for that entrepreneur. You know, he can connect with anybody at any level. It's great with his team. But then you've got the the kryptonite stuff of the like the structure and the organisation for him. So that's that's really weak. So then he can okay. get amazing people engaged, but he doesn't put them into any... It's almost like, well, what do you want me to do? And his conversations can also drift a little bit because he's so interested in the person that there isn't enough function behind it. So you can talk for two hours and then go, so what? Do you know? And then if it's a really great person, chances are they don't have another two hours for that that conversation. So it's about how do you actually put that... Um, into a structure sure so you, when you look at superpowers i'll give you another quick example as well of like new product development do you know i've just got somebody who is so awesome at this is what the the new product range is going to look like this is how it's going to engage his customers this is this absolutely left field idea about how we structure all of that together so creative just amazing at that stuff and when it comes to um, superpowers, it actually changes the, the chemistry in your brain. It's, it's when you go into the flow state, which I'm sure you would be familiar yes. with.
0: Oh, yeah, of course.
1: Yeah. So when people are in the, the flow state, for anybody who's not familiar with it, it's a, a brain state coined by a guy, Mikhail Csikszentmihalyi. It did take me a long time to practice saying his name. Um, but what happens there is your the brain chemistry changes and you get uh uh, things like norepinephrine, which gives you energy, which is why you're in flow and you're using a superpower, you get this burst of energy. So if you're that amazing networker, you're only tired after the event because you're so engaged when you're doing it. Or if you're that new product development person, you're so engaged when you're doing it, so energized, it's only after it you're tired. You get things like uh, anandamine, which is supposed to uh, increase lateral connections inside your head, so it's like, almost like taking the contents of your head and laying it on a table in front of you, so you can make all of these different connections. You know, so our people person remembers all your kids' birthdays, and you should meet you, and the NPD can try all these, uh, pull all these ideas together. So it's almost it's just like this biological <laughs> advantage that you get um, when you're in this flow state, which is why it's so important to understand what they are and leverage them. I know I'm, t- I'm talking, I want to make one quick point on superpowers as well.
0: Okay. That
1: people, people often, my entrepreneurs often feel guilty when they use mm. them because they enjoy them so much. You know, that the new product development person is so important for their business and their investment case. And my um, people person, he gets that buzz and it's so important for the business, but because it's something that they really enjoy and it gives them that energy and that flow and, they actually sometimes feel guilty about using it because it feels so good. And you're not working hard if you're doing something that feels sure. really good, you know?
0: Yeah. So we have
1: to uh, be mindful of that. Um, but it's it's the only way you can get to world class because you've got all these kind of brain chemistry advantages, your physiology changes. Like, that's where you become world class. Um yeah. So it's Ah, that's good.
0: It's so, important to stick with them. Well, Joe, this is what I'm thinking about is like, okay, how do I know what my superpowers are? How do I know what my kryptonite is? What would you suggest people who are listening consider about trying to figure out what their superpower kryptonite what
1: that means for them yeah, yeah. so like kryptonite crypt, obviously on the other side is just the stuff that drains your energy do you know sure. the, these are the things as an entrepreneur that if you have to do them do them but your plan should have a, a time on them when you are not doing them because if you take some of my guys like with the numbers for example it drains them like the finance side drains them so mm-hmm. yeah you've got to do that but you need somebody in to do it because as your business grows as is that you know starts to take off you're, somebody's going to have to be much better at that. It can't be something that de-energizes them. So if they want to find their superpowers, like the best place to start with that is just reflection. You know, Reflect on what is it that actually energizes you. And you you probably won't get it on the first go. So if you think about like, if you're sitting there as a listener and you reflect back on what is it that energizes you, I would pick a specific moment. So not like, um, you know, I like networking. Uh, or uh, a like design, like think about a specific moment in time and then go, what were you actually doing in that moment? Like mm-hmm. that just takes you on to that next level because it's easy to go, I, I'm, I'm talking about networking as an example, but if you, if you were to say, you know, it's networking, what was the networking event? And like, why? Why was that giving you so much energy? What were you actually doing in that moment? And you start to identify uh, themes from
0: that. So I'm thinking about like superpowers is really what what gives you energy. Yeah. Kryptonite is what drains your energy.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Right?
0: Yeah. And what do you think? How is that connected with like growing your business and um and you know just understanding the roadblocks that might get in your in your way of developing your business, particularly from this mindset perspective.
1: So this thing about how you approach your um, the strategy in your business, you know, and what are the people that you need in, and how are you going to lead. All of that stuff stems from the um, these superpowers. So this that that intensity that some of those entrepreneurs have got, understanding like I say that that's going to like burn through people at times. And how do you make sure that you actually use that effectively? Because that superpower, if you continue to develop it, like you're so so driven on that vision, um, how do you make sure that you're not burning people as you go? If we look at my yeah. people person, how do you? How do you use that superpower effectively? Well, what happens at the moment? I can get these great connections. We're all, you know, everybody's really happy, but then things drift. So why is that actually happening? So this is this thing about if you understand what's energizing you, understand what the superpower is, what the themes are behind that, when is it you use that that it's really effective? And when is it you use it and it's not as effective as it could be? And what's going on at the back of that? I would say it's... It's really important to, I mean, I'm going to say this because I'm a coach, right? But it's really important to get a coach. You know, it's really important. I've got a coach. It's really important to get somebody from the outside that can help you to see some of those things. Because you can't see it. You know, it's like the thing of going, put yourself in their shoes. Well, you can't really. You know, you can't think how somebody else thinks. This is why, um, and I've no doubt you've seen this before, when you point out something to somebody and they go, I, I didn't know I was doing that or...
0: Right. Wow, you know,
1: what an amazing insight. Even saying to them, have you noticed how good you are at this? And they go, isn't everybody just quite good at that, you know?
0: Yeah. Oh, I never knew that about myself, you know, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. 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 and Joe, I have my own coach as well, and I think she really helps me play at another level of my business. So I completely agree with that. You know, um, Jo, and I'm thinking about the barriers that you talked about you know the two barriers you said like rejection and chaos i think another barrier that can get in people's ways is like fear like um especially when they're starting like what if this doesn't work out what if it flops what if i go bankrupt right kind of these what ifs so tell us about what, what how do you see the role of fear uh playing into like just particularly the startups um but also like just the entrepreneurial journey in general
1: yeah um I think it's it's important to understand what you're afraid of Um I, th- I also think we have a real problem like, I wish the word failure just didn't exist other than for some mm-hmm. technical scenario because there's a real push on and again I don't know what it's like over there but this kind of push on some somehow redefining failure but nobody if they say you failed that that, that automatically just doesn't feel good do you know so right. we can call it like a first attempt in learning or, you know, I see these other things around that, but that's still not how it feels as an emotion. Um, mm-hmm. I think that the the only reframe on that at the start is to be like, if you look at what actually is failure, is failure the fact that you try to do this and you go out to the marketplace and you aren't exactly right about your idea, is that failure or is the failure not trying? You know, Absolutely. is this a failure that you just don't take the move? And the whole mindset thing about the start of that is that if you are prepped by the right people and you think about it, at, at the start of that journey to go, I, I know that I am wrong about some of this stuff. And my journey is to find out, am I, you know, am I wrong about that customer? Am I wrong about what they want? Am I wrong about the price point? You know, to give yourself more permission to be curious and to explore things, that mindset at the start, rather than the mindset of here is my exact plan, And if this exact plan doesn't work, I'm a failure. Because I've worked with hundreds of entrepreneurs and I have not once seen the day one plan be the thing (laughs) that actually happens. That that never, ever happens. So yeah, when we talk about the mindset and the the fear angle, entrepreneurs at the start of that journey should be prepped with what you're about to do isn't going to work first time. Mm. So be prepared to be curious, be prepared to look at different things. Because um, the, the fear for me around that is, well, you know, th- again, you'll know this stuff, but the, like the biological nature of fear in your amygdala, you know, that your amygdala is a fear center inside your head. And it was there for evolutionary reasons to, if you saw a, tab- a saber tooth tiger, you just reacted, you know, there wasn't a logic processing moment. It was just, that's a dangerous thing, run away. And your amygdala holds memories. So the the more you associate something like you know a, a customer rejection like mm-hmm. and as a this negative thing, then your amygdala stores that memory and goes, no, we don't like that, and this one might reject you, so don't do it. And the fears that we face now are much more psychosocial, obviously. So okay. it isn't fear of you know saber two tigers; it's fear of social rejection i mean when we talk about rejection it's not just customers it's people feel that they'll be rejected from a fear group they lose uh, from a peer group they lose face so that again but understanding that this is happening at a biological level and that if you push through that you can rewire these memories that are in your amygdala i think that can be really powerful
0: so tell us joe in your opinion like how to actually do that because i agree that a lot of the the failure is um, more of this emotional reaction um, sure. and you know we can easily associate uh, right when I don't get a, a, a customer says no uh, I can have an emotional reaction to that and then continue to think that you know, this isn't for me or this isn't going to be successful or sure. I can't do this. So tell us about how you think that we could rewire the brain so we're not feeling so much fear.
1: So the, f- the first thing is that the memories that are in your amygdala Um, It can only really be accessed when it's hot, you know, so this is why if you fear public speaking, you can't just go, well, I'm just not going to be afraid of that anymore, and then go on a stage and, you know, (laughs) know, hey, I'm not afraid anymore, right? Um, It's understanding that that stuff is going to trigger, and so you have to just keep putting yourself in the firing line, and I know it's hard, but again, it's just, it's taking these things down to the small steps, so if you fear public speaking, just speak to like two people. Just mm-hmm. go to them and like your friends and say, you know, I'm, I'm working on public speaking. I would just like to try and speak for two minutes on something, and then your amygdala goes, "Well, actually, that wasn't as bad as I thought it was."
0: Right, I, I can do this. Go,
1: yeah, exactly. T- and and it's almost like it's not it's not quite a dialogue. It's a bit it's a bit like the inner, inner critic, you know, that voice of doubt that's inside mm-hmm. your head. That's kind of tied to your amygdala it, in a sort of biological way your, your inner critic that voice of doubt lives in your uh, your dorsal your dorsal lateral prefrontal cortex right The sign shows it's in there, which is to do with um, being able to foresee the future so when you're about to do that thing your uh, inner critic goes, no, no, we could get rejected from this, I don't like it, I can see a future where this doesn't work, fire up the amygdala guys, let's get some fear going here and stop this person doing this. All of that kind of systems intertwined. So you have to um, take those smaller steps to, to start to rewire it. And again, the rejection on, the, on a phone call, for example, like... The, how many people do you expect to say yes? You know, Do you expect logically, do you expect every time you pick up the phone, somebody's going to say yes? Of course you don't, right? So just make right. that one next call because every time you get the no, then you've got a, a chance of a yes after it. When you're going to put a video out, just like just shoot a 30-second video. It doesn't have to be like perfect. The, it's getting over that first hurdle. So when it comes to the, the fear and the trying to rewire it, the, the key point I would make is that you can only do it when the amygdala is hot. So, you know, if you plan, plan oh I, I just need to plan that call better. I need a better CRM system. No, you just need to make one call. Just do one call in a day and then try the next one the next day. And then maybe go two calls and maybe go three, do you know? Um,
0: sure, yeah. So when you mean like the amygdala is hot, you mean like it's, it's firing. It's like something yeah. that you're actually fearing it. Um, you can't get over the fear just by planning or just sitting there and not doing it. You got to exactly. jump in and be courageous, even if it's a really small step.
1: A hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. Hot means, sorry, what I, was, I, I meant there was, yeah, you have to be in that situation. You can't got just it. go, you yeah. know, the ne- next time the call is going to work. So I'm fine about it because your amygdala doesn't see it that way. It just goes, well, I told you that was going to happen. And I do encourage the small steps because if you, Again, public speaking is an easy one to to talk about as an example. But if you were to, you know, hire the big, you fear public speaking, you hire the biggest hall in the land and you cram it full of people, you might be able to make one big leap. But the chances are you won't, you know, it'll push you into like an anxiety zone. And then if it doesn't work, your amygdala will go, well, I told you so. You know, your amygdala and your inner critic will high five each other inside your head and go, I told you not to do that. So let's strengthen that memory so you don't do it again. Yes. So I, do, I do encourage the small steps. The big leaps of faith can work, but it's a, a. if I was backing it, you know, if I'm a betting man, I would go take those incremental ones and build up.
0: When I think about it, kind of like this, Joe, that it's like the start that stops people, right? It's like just getting out there and trying it one time. And it's like, Mm -hmm. um, and I'm thinking about other examples of uh, people when they fear a lot, right? Like when I first wrote my first book, I thought, no, there's no way I'm going to be able to write this. Well, it just it just meant just start with the first chapter and then that wasn't so bad. Okay, maybe I can do this. You know, I I like the example of public speaking. Um, What are some other examples of, you know, clients maybe that you've worked with uh, that have really overcome their fear? Like maybe give us some examples of examples of fear. Like what, what have you seen people really struggle with?
1: I think the, the fear of changing the business model for one of them, Mm -hmm. um, because you get like a sunk cost, you know, so some costs is just, we've come this far with it. And now the fear of, like, letting that go. Um, But, the, you know, that one was one where we could just sit down and look at the evidence and go, this is where this is actually going. But there was a lot of fear. You know, that person had taken um money to do the thing that they were going to do. So then it was, you know, how do I tell that person, maybe I can still turn this around and make it work. Um. So there's there was a big fear of letting go of that there's the, the fears of um, there's a lot of fear around communication you know communicating with people in the right way and that the more when you're talking about co-founders um and when you talk about conversations with investors like the level of honesty that they have to have there and the fear of what the the fallout is going to be from that you know, I think that everybody still carries over. There's still th- those fears of rejection and whatever way. You know, the fear of um, imperfection. Um, even though, again, it's an, logically it's just a, a false concept. You know, just right. what is that? It doesn't exist. Every <coughs> it's like a happiness horizon. You know, once I get there, it'll be happy. Right. You won't because it'll move again. Or once it gets there, it'll be perfect. It won't because you'll see another way to improve it. Um, so letting go of those things. You know, th- those kind of I would say that those are those are the types of fears that I deal with. Okay. being able to put something out where it's not perfect and thinking like what's going to happen. Being able to have that really tough conversation um and understand that there might be fallout but it's something that needs to happen.
0: Hmm. Uh,
1: there's a lot of fear around those those types of things.
0: You know, I think a a large part of what holds an entrepreneur back is just like these subconscious processes, right? That maybe they're not necessarily really aware of, but it's just like how we operate. So tell us a little bit about, um, you know, how you think you can tap into that just to help you be the kind of the best version of yourself.
1: Well, it's this thing about the, I I can't really say you can do that without uh, like a coach, I just don't say you can do it because you're being driven. It's like the iceberg model, do you know, like this: the yeah. conscious is sitting on the top, and the the subconscious is sitting underneath, and it all becomes like your thinking and your patterns become so ingrained that you can't unwind it yourself. It's like a coil um, that's wrapped around something, and you just you can't see that that's something that you can actually unwind because it is so baked into your 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 way of thinking. Um, and if you look at the stuff that's underneath that. You know, it depends how deep the the people want to go. There's a lot of the problems that they have in terms of things like perfection, in terms of keeping everybody happy. Not to go too heavy on the podcast, but it does tend to stem from childhood. You know that there is something in there that, um, because yeah. it's hard for humans to accept that love is unconditional. You know, so that even if you even if it's not been something particularly traumatic they still think, well, humans all need love, right? So as we're coming through that process, it's what do you think that's based on? So some people think it's, well, I keep everybody happy and I'm really nice, so that's why I get love, so I'm going to carry that right the way through into my adult life, which then means I avoid those difficult conversations. It means that I keep on uh, hold on to staff members for too long because I want to be loved and respected and I'm a nice person. Um, you the people who are perfect, it could be that there's a lot of academic pressure on them when they were younger. And that's, you know, if I perform, I get that love and attention. That's for me, that's the, like, there's a lot of stuff going on in the subconscious. But for me, that's one of the fundamental uh, drivers. Mm. And for people to ask themselves, what is it that they think it takes for them to be loved? Now, again, this is what I mean about it. that's not an easy, you can answer that at surface level, or you can actually go, you know, underneath that. Right. I, really appreciate it. I think that it's a big
0: key driver for the everybody. How it oh, there's a lot of things I can think of right off the top of my head about, you know, my the love with my husband or my love with my boys or, you know, my parents and how they loved me. And there, there's, I can see what you're saying that there's a lot of um, depth that goes to that. And maybe it's yeah. variety of things from a variety of people.
1: Yeah yeah I mean it, it's just something that I think that the key one for me is the um that childhood you know I guess the the love of parents because that's your first experience of that right um you know what what is the what was the thing there that drove that and even where it is unconditional I don't know like again this is quite this is quite a big existential topic for the podcast right but I don't know um if when you're that age that you can believe and unconditional love like there's a, like there's a you believe it's almost like when you're very young that exists and then as you start to grow older, and it's probably society driving that a little bit about what expectations are in terms of intelligence or attitudes or cultural pressures and all of those things but then it gets to this conditional point but it's almost like you can't understand that in your head say that's between maybe say it's between sort of five and and ten it's quite hard to understand what that is in your head. And then it just creates this thing in your subconscious. This is how I'm supposed to be in order to be accepted. And then that starts to get pulled right through your life in various forms.
0: Yeah. You know, Joe, I know that you're working with some um, entrepreneurs on kind of taking their, their leadership to the next level. And one of the things that you're helping them do is think about like, how can they be an authentic leader? Sure. And sometimes I think what holds us back is maybe these expectations of other people. It doesn't, we kind of think, well, we'll be accepted if we're really ourselves, right? And I, I find it really difficult. And in some situations, I find it even difficult for myself to be Syndra Kampoff, right? Where uh, something I'm working on continues to kind of show up authentically, so um, tell us a bit about how you might work with an entrepreneur to, um, you know, connect with their authenticity and, and why that's important.
1: It's because the you know these sort of contextual identities. So if, when I work with entrepreneurs, you've got like you've got a core, right? That is basically you at the core, and that is what is positive and good in you. This is this is my belief system, um, and some of the um, psychologists that I follow. And then you've got these various identities around that. So you've got like entrepreneur comes off that. You've got partner comes off that, parent, friend, you know, all these different contexts that you operate in. (coughs) But this thing at the core, part of that comes over into those different areas. So it's not always about, you're not like one person all the time. It's not that you are um, playing a role, you know, like your authentic self as as an entrepreneur is still different to your authentic self as a parent. And I get them to try and make some separations Mm -hmm. there where they Mm -hmm. need to. There's a really nice quote I like from Brendan Bouchard about Mm -hmm. um, release tension and set intention. Because I had people that were guilty about, um, they didn't feel they were being a good enough mother. Do you know? But I've got all this work to do. Like there's all this work to do as an entrepreneur. So it's like, you need to... Put, draw some boundaries here. Like you need to put some lines in place to go before you walk in that door at night, release that tension and set your intention. And the intention is to be mm-hmm. the best mother I can be. I can let go of all the stuff that is, you know, from that entrepreneurial context because that's not who I need to be in this moment. Mm-hmm. So I think it's really, I think it's really important to think about who you are in those different contexts. And it is an authentic mm-hmm. self. It's not that you have to be one and all of them. Because I, I think that's, I don't think that in my experience, I think that it helps people to separate those things out a little bit.
0: Yeah, I, I hadn't really thought about that. And I appreciate you saying that because right, my authentic self and what I need as an entrepreneur, as a podcast interviewer, as, um, you know, as a mother, as a wife might be very different. So, mm-hmm. I, and I love what you said about release tension and set your intention mm. i thought that's powerful because i think about times where it is kind of we're just tense and on our drive home you know and then we we don't really think about how do we want to show up and what is yeah. our best look like right now and, and yeah. get that intention get get in that space
1: yeah and even uh, look i mean that's there's brendan's line i wish i could take that you know it was right but yeah uh, it was even in moments so like coming out of a meeting you know that say a meeting hasn't gone particularly well just remember, reminding yourself to just try and okay, just release that. And what's the intention for the next thing that I'm going to do? Um, but yeah, moving between those environments, I think is really is really key to do that type of thing. And understanding, <coughs> excuse me, and understanding that you can be yourself. You know, see when you have that confidence, you actually know who you are. It's even when I was talking about those, those that that driven um, type of entrepreneur that is going to burn through people. But like you can still be authentic there. Um, and you can still create good relationships. You know, I worked with somebody who drove us so hard, like so hard. Um, but I thrived. You know, I, I loved that. Like there were elements of fear in that environment um, about, you know, underperformance. But it just drove people to the, like really high levels. But that isn't for everybody. But if you set the expectation that this is what you're signing up for, and it's the same in, you know, relationships. It's, you don't get someone to sign the contract, right? This is this this is what you're signed up for in this conversation. But if you're gonna have that kind of deeper relationship, if you understand who you are and how you operate. In all of your interactions, then you can start to put those subtle cues in that enable you to be authentic this the, the whole um, instagram i mean I think it 's had its date you know that that kind of these, these perfect entrepreneurs blah blah the, the, the yoga at four o 'clock and then this type of smoothie and you know everything 's sweet honey and light. It's just not real life, you know. And I think most most people know that by now. Sure. When you behind it behind the magic curtain, you know, behind the wizard's curtain it doesn't look like that. So it's okay. It's okay to be, you know, things don't always work out and we've got our own styles and, you know, I'm good at this and I'm not good at that.
0: It's okay. And I, I agree that, you know, a coach can help you kind of uncover some of these um Understandings of what your authentic self looks like and who who you are, right? But is there a practice, or is there a question, or is there a strategy that you would encourage us to use to help us um, be more self-aware and to really understand who we are, so that you know we can be the best version of ourselves?
1: I think just reflection is so key. You know, um, being able to actually just stop and take one step back out of life and go, what is really going on here? Mm-hmm. Um, I, I would encourage people to find their own uh, reflection questions online. But there's there's things like, I, I quite like questions like, what do I need to let go of? You know, so I've got like a, a Sundays when I do my reflections and asking questions like, what do I need to forgive myself for this week? What oh. do I need to let go? Uh, what did I learn? Um, you know, well, where did I succeed? Things like that are are good. But like, I think that's one of my one of my favourite questions is that around um, what do I need to forgive myself for because I can be quite hard on myself, which I think is a superpower because it it drives performance. But the reverse of that is yeah, that any small thing can sometimes be a bit, um, you know. I was a, That was a missed opportunity. But just vocalizing that. And again, this is a bit of a subconscious to conscious uh, transfer. There's something um, called labeling that it was uh, a guy, Chris Voss, he's a negotiator, wrote a book on negotiation. And he was talking about when you feel an emotion, if you don't label it,
0: it's oh. really hard
1: to process it. Okay. You know, if you just feel it, it's like being on a washing machine. So then you can feel that angst, and if you're not consciously like addressing it, if you don't stop and go, what is this? What's this feeling at the moment, and what's behind it? So for me, the reflections are a good time to do that. To go, what what feeling have I got here? What is it that I need to let go of? What do I need to forgive myself for? What did I, I learn this week? Um, and obviously, you know the things about what what is there to be grateful for? Where was I sure. successful? But I think for for the listeners to have that if they're not reflection, if they're not using reflection already to you know to make sure they set aside time to do that i'd recommend the end of the week but i think it's really good just to go and look for your own because if you google reflection questions you know you'll get hundreds of them but there'll be one's when you go through that that will really just go that's that's for me you know that's the one right. I need myself right. rather that's than my, it being here's the universal one
0: yeah that's really good i think the first one you said uh hit me in the heart was like what do i need to let go of and maybe that's yeah. kind of you know one thing that i gotta reflect on it's like what am i holding on to that i gotta let go of to keep on moving forward and, and dreaming a little bit bigger so yeah yeah love that joe awesome um so tell us a bit about your coaching and for those people who are interested in learning more and uh, following along with you
1: Okay, so like I said, I, I work with people that are in the marketplace already with the product or service. A lot of the time, it is a scalable product, but you know, I'm interested in uh, high ambition service people as well. It has to be something that they want to grow beyond themselves. Um, so you know, they are going to be looking to take rounds of investment, or they've certainly got big ambition. But the challenge that my guys face is that they come through that startup stage and now they just feel a bit like I, I know there's another level, but I don't know what that looks like. So I know there's another level to me into this business and I feel it every day, but I just don't know what it looks like. And because I don't, I end up going back on the hamster wheel. And just, you know, chugging out the, what I'm doing. They're not desperately unhappy people. It's not a rescue job, but it's just that feeling. There is another level here, and I don't know how to access it. So what we do over the first 12 weeks is really sort out what do you actually want? Um, you know, who are you? What do you actually want? And then we dive deeper into the things like their superpowers. How do you leverage that stuff? Your thinking, your communication style, your leadership, what the foundations of who they are, uh, and then their strategy. So because nice. those two things are so intertwined and then after the 12 weeks they'll leave they'll have a much deeper insight into themselves they will have an actionable strategic plan and then we make that decision as to are we right to work further with each other because I've, I'm i almost like a, a certain part of people's brain you know like and if you're missing that part then engage me and at uh-huh. the end of the 12 weeks we'll work out are you missing you know, the part of your brain that I am or are you, do you need somebody else? Let's find that person. And it's just really important to be genuine about if I'm not the person, then cool. You know, yeah. Let's, yeah. let's find the person that is. So that, that's yeah. how it works.
0: That's awesome, Joe. Well, um, I'm grateful that you spent some time with us today on the High Performance Mindset, and I uh, appreciate all the, the work that you're doing in the world to help entrepreneurs uh, thrive. And I want to share with you just some things I got from the interview as a way to recap, and I think people will be appreciated, uh, just appreciate the kind of summary. So I loved what you were talking about, like this kryptonite and superpower, and your superpower is really like what gives you energy. And your kryptonite is what drains your energy so really understanding you and you said something really powerful about like you got to understand that to be world-class so i thought that was awesome and then we were talking about fear and you said you know what how do you define fear and is fear like is it not trying right like, is it is it is it worse to like not try versus to get out there and, and really take these small steps is really the key to address that fear. Um, and I also like when we were talking about fear and you said like have more of a curious mindset, just like an explorer mindset when you're getting ready to launch an idea or a business, you're knowing that it's not going to go perfectly and that yeah. it's going to fail. And then um, release intention and set your intention, Brendan Bouchard. Um, but love that because you explained it and you, you know, even if people haven't heard it before, it's like, um, that's awesome to help you think about the different areas in your life and being authentic and how, um, you know, your you might your authenticity is indifferent different in these different spaces or different roles um, and then lastly your questions that are really powerful to help you reflect on um, your week and how it's really important to understand yourself so questions like what do I need to let go of um, what do I need to, how do I need what do I need to forgive myself for uh, where did I succeed this week and just kind of labeling that emotion understanding it so that you can really um, be your best mm. Yeah, good Joe. stuff, Joe. Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so tell us um, where on the web we can find you and if you're on social media in any places.
1: Sure. So I am at www.mindsetexperts.co.uk. I'm pretty active on LinkedIn. Um, again, if we're talking superpowers, I don't communicate well in uh, sort of 288 characters. So I'm not a big Twitter guy. I'm not really on Facebook. That's that's actually a good example of thinking what channels work well for you. So uh, yeah, I'm quite active on LinkedIn and you can find us on the website as well. And if anybody does have any questions about mindset or they just want to ask something about what's going on in their business, if what I said resonates with them, um, you know, I I can assure you I'm not a hard sale merchant, right? I mean, you won't be either. You know that when you're here to actually help people, you help the people that you can help. Um, So it's it's not a sales thing. It's about whether I'm the right person to help. So I'd love to speak awesome. to any of your listeners.
0: Sounds great. So you can head over to mindsetexperts.co.uk yeah. uh, to find more about Joe. And the show notes today And the summary is going to be at cindracampoff.com Joe. So thank you so much for joining us t- today. Appreciate your time and energy and your wisdom, Joe.
1: Thank you so much. Really enjoyed talking with you, Cindra. Thank you for having me.